Hi everybody, Mike Erie here. Welcome to the Vox Podcast. I'm flying solo today for reasons that will soon be obvious. I wanted to share something that I, I initially uh, wasn't wasn't going to share, but um, I'd written it for Q uh, Commons, which was an event we did in Costa Mesa uh, several weeks ago. And uh, Q, if you're not familiar with it, is kind of like uh, TED Talks for Christians, um, pushing conversation, staying curious. Uh, we'll actually have the audio from that, from our Q local speakers. There's a national lineup of speakers and there are local speakers at the various locations you know, throughout the world for Q. And I was one of the local speakers at an event in Costa Mesa. And the topic I was speaking on was um, spiritual homelessness, which is a topic near and dear to our hearts at the Vox podcast. Um, but what we ended, what I ended up doing, I was after talking with a friend. Um, I wanted to not talk about spiritual homelessness as much as just talk to those who are spiritually homeless. And so I ended up writing a letter that I, I literally just got up and read aloud. Uh, at the conference, and I had no intention on making that public um, other than just releasing the audio from the episode, but there was um, there was such great feedback and uh, a lot of people asking for a copy of it that we thought, okay, well, um, we'll just release it as its own thing. And, uh, you know, for, for those it helps, fantastic. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back to sort of regular episodes um, later in the week. Now, uh, so, so all I'm going to do with this episode of the podcast is I'm going to read the letter that I read at Q Commons, and then we'll attach it or have it on our website or something if in, in case you're interested in it. But um, there, there was this was meant to be read aloud. That's why we're not just releasing the letter by itself, and it was purposefully uh, structured uh, to sound a little Bible-y. Um, and you'll see what I mean in a second. Again, I, I feel sort of silly releasing this on its own, but um, but again, there was uh, a lot of um, a lot of curiosity about it and uh, requests for it. So, anyway, here you go. An open letter to the spiritually homeless, my dear brothers and sisters. I write to you as both violator and victim, as one who has led the church and has been hurt by it, as someone who is part of the problem and who also wants to be part of the solution. I write out of a profound love for Jesus and his people. I write to and about my tribe, the evangelical Christian church in America. I write as a Christian and as a pastor and as a failure and as a sinner. To you, the spiritually homeless, I send greetings. Spiritual homelessness isn't the feeling of being in between churches or of having big questions that need answered or being disappointed that the church isn't perfect. That's part of the picture, but this homelessness is far more profound than that. By the spiritually homeless, I don't mean the biblical idea that we're foreigners and exiles in the world. That too is a part of the picture, but it is again bigger than that. And that's not just simply renouncing Jesus, Christianity, and the church, though it may come to that for some of us. No, the spiritually homeless are those of us raised in the confines of American evangelicalism, but now find ourselves feeling disillusioned and betrayed by the subculture that nurtured us. 
We are unsettled and uncertain about what was handed down to us as the gospel truth. We are profoundly sad and angry and lonely. We just don't fit in no matter what church we attend. And yet, yet we are still fascinated by the beauty of Jesus the Nazarene. We are pulled between the comfort of certainty and the risk of mystery, between cynicism and faith, between hope and despair. And just as importantly, we still long for a tribe, a community, a band of brothers and sisters and a place to call home. As we survey the Christian landscape, we see no place for us in the dueling fundamentalisms of conservative progressive Christianity, in the pragmatic consumeristic celebrity-driven megachurch, or in the God wants you to believe in yourself and follow your dreams drivel from the self-help crowd. We see no place for us. So to those, the spiritual diaspora and the exiles of American evangelicalism, greetings. I write to remind you that you are not alone. Every week I hear from dozens of people like us feeling stranded and looking for a way forward. It's not just the rise of the nuns, the people with no religious affiliation that should make news. It's the flood of spiritual refugees who still give a damn about this whole thing, but cannot stand the way our faith has been hijacked. That is also newsworthy. There is a rising chorus of voices that are shouting to the world that Franklin Graham and Robert Jeffress and John MacArthur do not speak for us. They are not our leaders and they certainly are not our role models. We seek to dissolve the unholy alliance of the Christian faith to partisan politics, unjust policy, and compassionless leadership. We stand opposed to any vision of Christianity that does not have the message and the upside-down way of Jesus at its center. And we resist any attempt to tone us down or to tell us to stay in our lane, to keep our Jesus following to ourselves and just play along as self-satisfied America first consuming units. I also write to condemn myself and all of those in church leadership who have hurt us. Woe to those who have set us up to struggle by not welcoming our questions and embracing our curiosity. Woe to those who cover up the abuses and failures of the church in the name of protecting its reputation. Woe to those who say all are welcome, but secretly adhere to a hierarchy of sin. Woe to those who exclude and marginalize others from the place of their own self-righteousness. Woe to those who have not given permission to others to be in process, to doubt, and to struggle. Woe to those who have failed to listen to the victims, who have protected the people in power, and who have worshipped money and success rather than the living and holy God. And woe to those who have attached Jesus' name to actions and to attitudes that are truly and clearly anti-Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, I write to beg you not to give up hope, to not rush towards resolution just yet. For there is good work to be done in the place of in-between. Our God is a homeless God, perfect for a homeless people. In Genesis 28, Jacob, a man on the run from his older brother, stops for the night at a certain place. This certain place had nothing special attached to it. It had no name, no strategic location, no well for water, no shrine or altar for worship. But it's in this place... As Jacob sleeps, that God appears to him in a dream, promising to bless him and be with him. 
And upon waking, Jacob thinks to himself, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is no other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Jacob was shocked that his God was found in that unremarkable place. The other gods of the ancient Near East were localized to geographic areas and limited to altars and temples. But Jacob's God, Jacob's God was an on-the-road kind of God. He wasn't limited to just special places or special times. For those of us who are wandering today, this is good news. For like Jacob, we follow a God who walks with us on the road, not waiting for special times or places, but perfectly comfortable in the obscure and ordinary and in the in-between. There is work God wants to do on the journey if we'll stop long enough to pay attention. Lastly, I write with profound anticipation. I believe that God is behind much of our current deconstruction. If Jesus was willing to deconstruct the temple of his day, are we to be surprised when he exposes the corruption of the church? He himself said, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. From the wreckage and the corruption of the leadership of the Judaism of of his day, Jesus formed a community of people willing to leave the known religious structures and traditions and to follow him into something new. They too were spiritually homeless. With traditional Pharisaic Judaism behind them and the not yet developed idea of church ahead, they were called to wait and to trust just as we are. And they became the vanguard of a new way of being God's people in the world, just as we are invited to be. Whether the wandering tribes of Israelites in the desert or the bewildered disciples traveling through the Galilean countryside, God has always used those who are willing to be spiritually homeless to renew his blessing to the world. May grace and peace be yours in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.